Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. If you missed out on the last episode, I got a chance to sit down and talk with Crystal about all things open enrollment. If you are someone that is still going through open enrollment and you need help choosing your benefits, check it out. Also, check it out if you just want to have some knowledge of benefits in preparation for next year's open enrollment. Today, I am sitting down to chat with Tiffany about mindset and money. This all started from a conversation in the DM where she was telling me about how she was able to save 30 thousand dollars in three months as a working single mom I was so amazed and I was like we have to chat about this on the podcast I don't know that moms are aware that this can be done is it healthy no is it sustainable no but is it worth it in the short term to build up that stash Absolutely. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to make a huge shout out to our sponsor, Worthy. Worthy helps you get the most money possible for your jewelry, fast and risk-free. Their experts do all the work for you. So instead of going to the pawn shop, you can use worthy and let them do all of the work for you and maximize the money that you get. Okay. To learn more, visit worthy.com forward slash single black motherhood. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on. Can you take a moment to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, Kim. I'm so excited to be here and thanks for having me. Um, absolutely. Hello, everyone. So my name is Tiffany Chanel Coffee. And I have been um, managing my finances for some years now. I will be 40 this year. So super excited about that. And celebrating. Yay, this is my birthday month. How awesome year. <laughs> yes. So I'm the CEO and founder of Money Makeover Ministries. Um, I've been helping people for over 15 years, um, managing their financial planning, switching careers, um, helping them. Even if they want to go back to college, I was a um, college career advisor, and so helping folks with um, their college prep work, their applications, helping folks with interview prep, as well as credit repair, um, resume writing, cover letter writing, anything from financial planning, career uh, prep, and educational prep. Those are the services that I provide. Awesome. So you have a daughter. How old is she? I do. I do. Baby girl. I, her name is Peyton. Uh, she is six years old. So next June, she'll be seven. Awesome. <laughs> and you guys live in Houston. So that's kind of how we connected, right? Or I don't know how you found me on Instagram. Do you remember? I do. I was actually looking for um, single mom groups and okay. I came across your page I think at the time you may have had like 5,000 or followers. <laughs> you were like at 60,000 or something close now. I know. It's, it's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the growth was really slow at first um, because I like I didn't post a whole lot. It was like I started off doing the podcast, and then like I would post when I had episodes or when I felt like I wanted to post. And so, anyways, it's just been crazy how like the page has grown. So, anyways, I'm so. All of a sudden, when you hit ten, you immediately hit twenty, and then like fifty happened, and I was like, yeah, that happened yeah. overnight. That's what it looks like, anyways, to most people. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it wasn't really overnight, but it was like it was building over, I think, a period of weeks, and so people just kept sharing. I think the same videos, and one of the videos went viral first, uh. and then there was another video that went viral, and so. That's kind of how like I got to where I am today, but nonetheless. <laughs> and I love your consistency, consistent posting. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk today about mindset and money, right? Because I know a lot of us are looking for ways to increase our income so that we can achieve some financial goals. So okay. I wanted you to share, like, how did you get started on your financial journey? Oh, wow. So I... I am not sure I mentioned this, but I do have my master's in business. And so even though I have that master's in business and I know how to plan and do the financial analytics, I wasn't doing that in my personal life. And so one day I was pregnant with my daughter. I got married, got pregnant, well, got married, built a house, got pregnant. And um, in the first trimester, God spoke to me. And it was plain and simple. He says, you're not managing your finances correctly. It was Mm -hmm. that simple. And I thought, oh, my God, um, let me figure this out. And so I began um, looking for videos to better understand my finances. It was kind of a little different, Kim. If if I could be really specific, my marriage was struggling, if I could just Mm -hmm. say that. And we were struggling also in our finances. And... I was really looking up self-help videos on how to be a better wife, how to make sure that our marriage could flourish. And in the midst of that, God spoke to me. I wasn't managing my money right. He told me to go look up this pastor. I thought the pastor was going to talk about marriage because that's what he's known for. And the video that I found, he was talking about finance. And it was through that video that I learned how to better manage my finances. Then I started watching more videos, reading books, reading articles, and journaling. And that was the beginning of me um, doing a better job with managing my money. Shortly thereafter, I got a divorce. Um, uh, I think baby girl Peyton was 11 months old. And then I really had to, like, figure it out (laughs) with my finances. Yeah. So if you, if ladies, if you're planning your finances out and things happen, there's always plan B. I mean, I went down, I think to plan B. Wow. (laughs) The fact that you had A through D. Wow, (laughs) Tiffany, that just shows how much of a planner you are. Okay. (laughs) So you mentioned that video that was a pastor that was talking about money. Who was it? Do you mind sharing? Oh, you know what? I can quickly find that. I, um, Pastor Jimmy and his wife, Karen Evans, Pastor Jimmy and Karen Evans. I actually mentioned this on my blog when I talk about how my mindset changed around money. Yeah, they are really awesome in the area of marriage counseling, but they also talk about finances 
because that's one of the biggest hitters in, in a marriage is the finances. Okay, yeah, awesome. I will look them up, mm-hmm. um, although I'm not married. <laughs> but, no, you know, it's, I it's think that learning. Anyway, you can yeah, learn before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you had to change your mindset around money. Uh, what do you think is so important about our mindset when it comes to money? I don't think a lot of moms realize, like, how powerful like our mind is and then sometimes a lot of actions start in your brain first right you literally think them your thoughts become action so it's important to learn like how to manage those thoughts but just want to hear your thoughts around it so i'm a christian and i believe in the word and the bible says as a man thinketh, so is he as a woman Mm -hmm. thinketh, so is she and so you are absolutely 100 percent right what you think is what you and I think the reason why mindset, well, I know this for a fact, mindset's important. When I started changing things in my finances, that meant I couldn't buy the expensive gifts for certain friends or family members for holidays and birthdays, or I couldn't always go out with the friends for the expensive dinner dates. And there were, oh, we're having a trip. Can, I couldn't go on the the travel vacation trips with my friends and they're living this life that you want to live. But Mm -hmm. if I didn't change my mindset, I might have still tried to do those things, which would have put me behind in my financial goals and building generational wealth. When you change your mindset, you can change your life. And so um, when your mind is strong around what you need to do in your finances, nothing's going to sway you. Nothing. I, I actually have paid off about $200,000 in debt as a single mom. And wow, so, that is so yeah. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned something and you said like when, you know, you are set like in your mind on things, you're less likely to like sway from that, right? So how do you think we get to the point of like being set in our minds? Because I think when you're first starting off, it's really hard. And I often tell people, you know, in the single black motherhood community is like, you have to train your mind like exercise, like every day. And I I talk to my friend Camille about this. I'm like, you literally have to renew your mind every single day. So for me, I try to listen to something like if it's money, like every day, like some type of money advice, whether it's like a podcast or whether I watch a video. Um, And it doesn't have to be long, right? It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. But literally, I'm like wiring my brain. Yes. So there's three things that I do. Um, When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I turn on affirmations. Okay. Um, And I have different ones. So I turn on healing and health affirmations because I did go through um, a couple of health scares, um, life, life or death. Wow. Um, but God is good and I'm super healthy now, but yeah, I turn on healing affirmations. And after that, I turn on affirmations to command my day and command my life. Part of those affirmations talk about finances. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of these I, I just found on YouTube actually. And, um, the healing one, I actually <laughs> Created from a book, but I actually have a book here called, um, it's a little small book, but it's called God's Creative Power for Healing by Charles Capps. So I made a little video on YouTube speaking the affirmations for healing, and I listen to that every morning. 
I also listen to it before I go to bed at night, or if I don't get a chance to listen before bed, I play it while I sleep, I play it low. Um, another thing that I do is exactly what you said, uh, Kim. I listen to anything that's going to help increase my knowledge because people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I don't think it's just that you perish like you die. That could be part of it. But I also think our minds perish, our futures perish if we don't increase our knowledge. And so your finances could perish, right? If you're not increasing your knowledge in that area. Mm -hmm. So I read books. I listen to um, videos when it comes to managing your money. A lot of the ladies that I follow or even gentlemen that I follow on Instagram or YouTube are talking about real estate investments. They're talking about stock investments. They're talking about budgeting, managing money. I follow people like that because I'm also increasing my knowledge and um, even solidifying what I know. And uh, the third thing is when your back is up against the wall, I remember when I was the divorce first kicked off, I was in tears and I was like, I'm going to lose this house. And a friend of mine said to me, when someone backs you in a corner, you don't lay down and cry. You come out swinging. And she wasn't saying to fight the dad. Yeah. She was saying, get your mind right. You know, and so as soon as she said that, I wiped those tears, sniffing, got on my computer, and created a budget spreadsheet. And that's where plan A led to plan B. Plan B led to plan C because the divorce became expensive. It lasted a year. So I'm paying lawyers for a, every month for a year. Wow. And they charge like three to 5000 a month. Wow. So long story short, I made budgets and then I started calling all these companies and saying, I can't, I can't pay you cut the service off, cut the service off. I was just cutting off services. When, the third thing is you have to get your mindset right. And like when your back is up against the wall, you come out swinging, right? <laughs> do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, wow. Kudos to you because a lot of people would allow their pride to get in the way of like saying, Hey, I can't pay this and canceling yeah. the service. And you right? see, you see my wow. nails, I get them done now, but years ago, no, I did not get my nails done. I didn't do that. Like I, I still do my own hair. I don't even go to the beauty shop <laughs> maybe once a year. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking in the DM about overemployment. <laughs> and if you don't know what overemployment is, is basically, for lack of better words, is when you have more than one job, right, at one time. Like, more than one full-time job is how I view it. And so you told me how you managed to work two jobs at one time. Like, they were both remote, and you did that to build up your emergency fund. And so I want you to talk a little bit about that because that's when I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. I got to get you on the podcast because the moms need to know this because some people are out there. They're thinking about this, but they're like, how can I make this work? So I want you to talk about it and what type of support you had throughout the process, if any at all, and how long it lasted. Okay, great question. So I did want to build up my emergency fund faster. I will say this, ladies, your job, your one job is not going to um, create generational wealth for you. It's just not. It's it's a catalyst, but it's not going to do it. Um, you're going to have to think outside the box. 
and start making investments. So in order to do that, a lot of times our one job pays our bills and we don't always have as much extra money as we want. We may have a little bit um, to put back in savings, but not as much as we want as quickly as we needed to either pay off a high interest rate debt or build that emergency fund fast. So let me say this, the pandemic hit a lot of us hard. It allowed many of us to work from home, those of us that had jobs where we can use the company that I'm still currently employed, company I was working for, um, they were going through a massive transformation. In that transformation, a lot of people were let go. And then a lot of people opted to retire. And it was very stressful for me um, because I'm a single mom. And on top of that, I was dealing with a health challenge and needed insurance. So it got me thinking, Tiff, you need to be better prepared. So one thing I did, I always have my resume updated. That was already done, which ladies always keep your resume up to date. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Stay ready so you don't have to get the ready. The resume was already <laughs> updated. Here's the key. If you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn, linkedin.com. Um, that is a place where recruiters are looking for people. So I already was on LinkedIn, but my information was not up to date. So I updated my information. Um, they had a deal going on where you could use their premium account for 30 days or less for, for 30 days for free. So I gave myself 30 days to get a second job because I didn't want to pay for anything else because what are we doing? We're managing our money, right? So I got the 30-day free premium account on LinkedIn once I updated all my information. And then all of a sudden, a lot of recruiters started reaching out to me. Within a matter of two weeks, I interviewed with three people and took the job with the second person I interviewed with and then interviewed with another person from their team. They offered me the job after the second interview. And now let me say this, you don't, if you get a second job, make sure there's no conflict of interest. So I did go to the company's HR site that I was already working for and looked up, could I work a second job without losing my current job and the answer is yes but it can't be a conflict of interest so it couldn't be in the same industry and it couldn't have a lot of hours overlapping so i worked for a company that was in a different time zone so yes i was always working <laughs> now that's that's what i did and that's how i got that job and was able to keep that job i kept that job originally they had the job opening for uh, three months, but after the interview, they asked me, could I work six months? Because of some health situations, I just worked the three months. And I will say this, ladies, if you do decide to do the overemployment option, if you're going to work a full two full-time jobs, please make sure that you understand this is not a long-term thing. It's not sustainable to work two 40-hours-a-week yes. jobs. Um, that's just not sustainable. So three months was well enough for me and that allowed me to put back three months of my income into emergency funds. While we're on the topic of earning extra money, let's talk about hidden assets. I know we could all use some extra cash for the holidays or maybe just to pay some bills or take a vacation. 
Well, if you have some diamond jewelry or a luxury watch you're not wearing, you might be sitting on an asset that's more valuable than you ever thought. Today's sponsor, Worthy, can help you get the most money possible for your jewelry, fast and risk-free. Listen, when you partner with Worthy, they do all the work for you and their competitive auctions get you up to three times what a local jeweler would in as little as two weeks. The best part about Worthy is that you are in charge of what happens to your jewelry. You set the reserve price, you approve the winning bid, and then you get paid. Yes, collect those coins. And if your item doesn't sell for the price you want, Worthy will send it back to you at no cost, fully insured. Now, you can visit worthy.com forward slash single black motherhood and get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Again, worthy.com forward slash single black motherhood. Worthy, a better way to cash in on that hidden asset in your jewelry box. How much did you actually end up saving? Okay, so I actually ended up saving um, about 30000 <laughs> Wow. I think it was like 27 <laughs> something, but yeah. Well, that 30000 is more than three months of your expenses. Come on, well, Tiffany. Well, what I'll say is this. It, it's more than three months of my expenses, and it was actually more than three months of my salary. So here's another tip, ladies. Y'all getting some free tips today, okay? Here's another tip. When you are applying for a position, act in the role that you want not in the role that you currently have, if that makes yes. sense. So I work as a data analyst too, but I acted like I was a senior data analyst or a data analyst lead because I know I can do it. I passed up manager jobs to work where I'm at. So I know I can do it. I know I'm capable. Mm -hmm. um, so when I interviewed, I told them I was only interviewing for a senior level role. And so I... I requested senior level money. Yeah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> right? <laughs> so it was more than what I'm currently making. So <laughs> always go for more. And Kim, you talk about this. I think you talk about this in your book. Always go for more, yes. right? I, I think you, I wrote don't, a, don't a sentence that said something uh, around the lines of like negotiate as if you were a white male or something like that. Yes, yes, do that. <laughs> yes, because you know they will go in there and they will negotiate and not have an ounce of all the experience that's required. Okay, but we in the we low <laughs> meanwhile we're like oh well, I don't qualify or I shouldn't be asking for this because of X, Y, Z, ask for it. I mean, I feel like as long as it's within yes. reason, you've done your research, you know, ask for the money. Okay. You got to be confident the in the value no. that you bring to this company, you know? That's All right. So and understand that you are valuable. Yeah. I think we lowball ourselves too yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. We shouldn't do that. And negotiation is a skill, right? A lot of us weren't taught that. And especially growing up, I think like a lot of us used to get shut up. <laughs> but it's like now I listen to my daughter and some other kids and they're always negotiating. 
And it's like, you know, I try not to shut her down because I understand that it's practice, right? And if she can negotiate really good, then when she gets into the workforce, she's going to be amazing. But also understanding that there's a time and a place for your negotiation. (laughs) Like, we're not negotiating these rules in this house. You understand? (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. But anyways, I wanted to talk about oh, children. I love I, being a girl mom. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a good segue. It's like, what yeah. impact do you believe our finances have on our children? And what things are you teaching your daughter at this age? You know, she's six. Um, how are you navigating that? So there's two questions in one. So let me start with my daughter. People are so shocked that she doesn't want much of anything. Like... For her birthday, she requested um, a Twilight Sparkle doll, and that's just a that's just a stuffed animal unicorn. <laughs> the reason why, she, and for Christmas, she just wants a stuffed cat. She wants Aww. a real cat, but she knows mommy is allergic, so she's getting a stuffed yeah. cat. But um, <laughs> the reason why Peyton doesn't request much is because I teach her that um, in order to get much, much is required. Yeah, mm. Much is not given, it's required. You know, so yes. um, the Bible does say too much is given, much is required. So for me, um, the way I teach Peyton is if I take you to the store to get a toy, it's because you made all A's this week, right? It, so if I'm looking at our progress report and I see all A's, Let's go to the store and get a toy because what that does, and you don't have to do it that way. It could be all A's and B's. It's okay. But what that does is it incentivizes her to work hard, to study, to learn so that she makes good grades because she's going to get a toy. Um, I know people that just buy their kids toys for no reason. And sometimes, sometimes the kids might need that to feel special and that's okay, but that shouldn't be a every, every day, every week thing. And especially for us mamas that are trying to manage our money. When I take Peyton to the store, I say, okay, Peyton, um, let's say her birthday, she got $20 for her birthday. Well, let's, let's, let's be fair. Let's say 50. I say, okay, Peyton, you got $50 for your birthday. Um, $10 or a certain percentage, whatever it is, maybe it's, it's 10%. So $5, $5, you need to put it in your piggy bank because we, we save money around here right? Mm-hmm. Um, you also need to take $5 and pay your tithes. Mm-hmm. She pays tithes. Yeah, come on now. Save <laughs> give. <laughs> yes. And then I tell her, um, the rest, you can use it on your toy. So let's say she has $40 to use on your toy. She doesn't, she's never spent $40 on toys. Usually it's 20 bucks. So we go with $20 to Target or wherever. And she looks at the prices. She says, that mommy, that says, 30 something. I said, well, is that is 30 higher than 20? Cause she's six. Yeah. yeah. So I can't get that. So she was also learning about money and, and how to count money. Mm-hmm. And she finds something under $20. And so that's one thing that I teach her cause she's only six years old. Um, there are a lot of games that you can teach your kids. Shameless plugs on fitwithtip100.com. I actually have uh, a place where you can find different games and things to uh, teach your kids about money. And then I also have a video on YouTube about how to teach your kids about money. Shameless plug. Okay, sweet. I'll see if I can drop those links in the show notes. Okay. Thank you. And, um, so I say this, um, 
it's very important to teach your children about money. Um, number one, if you're going to build generational wealth, you need for them to know how to handle it when they get it. Um, Come on. Yeah. And so, um, number two, as moms, especially single moms, we can't go out there doing what we used to do when we were not single moms, when we were married moms, and when we had a man in the house helping with the finances. We can't do the same thing. And we should not feel guilty about that because we're building a future for our family, for our children. So I would say um, the first thing you need to do is manage your own finances correctly. Learn how to do that. Learn how to make a budget so that you can teach your kids. Because if you're not teaching your kids, who's going to teach your kids about money? The schools are not teaching them how to manage their finances. Some charter schools or private schools might, but most schools don't. Um, I'm going to drop a tip here for our moms. When it comes to building generational wealth, one of the things that I learned is that if you leave behind money for your kids, let's say you have a will and you say, my kids get all my money or whatever, all my assets. If that child gets married and unfortunately experiences a divorce, that house you left to that child, that money in that bank account or those investments you left that child, that spouse, soon to be ex, gets half of everything. Now, I know that for sure for the state of Texas and some other states that do common law. Even if they weren't getting married and the person lived in the house with them and had a bill in their name at that house, that person gets, and that was her mama's house or his mom, the, 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 your child's, uh, your child's house that you left to them, that person that was living there can get half of the equity in that home. So your child would either have to sell the home or come up with cash to give them the equity. If you leave your assets in a trust, you get a lawyer to create a trust fund for you, and your assets are left in that trust, that you leave in um, those assets in your child's name, now those assets are protected. So any person they marry, if they don't have a prenup and they go through a divorce, because the assets were left in the trust, that soon-to-be ex-spouse will not get half of those assets. So this is why it's important that we understand how to manage our finances. We understand how to build generational wealth. We teach our kids about finances, right? I actually learned this when I was going through a divorce. I learned this from a friend who had went through a divorce and her mom left her the house in a trust. Her ex-husband tried to take the house and the lawyer said, uh, 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 it's in a trust. So, and I looked it up and it's, it's, it's fact. So it's important to teach those kids about money. I, I mean, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> Yeah, I hear about it all the time. It's like, yeah, you know, you want to leave your kids money, but the greatest lesson is for you to teach them how to manage the money. Not just leave them money without the education, right? Because you can be dead and gone. They can take that money and blow it. Blow it. And you, you won't even know. And, you, you know, they won't even have the start that you wanted them to have because you didn't teach them how to manage their money. And so, either blow absolutely. it or lose it. They can blow yeah. it or lose it to somebody else who yeah. didn't know better so yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, so that's super important. Now, I will say, Tiffany, I don't incentivize my daughter for grades. <laughs> I will say that. I do try to incentivize her for effort, but just because you bring home an A, <laughs> you know, it's not going to get you a toy or some cash. Look, okay, it's I just house, but I understand we all have our things that we do. But for the moms out there that may be listening, feeling a little guilty, like, oh, well, I don't do that for my kid. It's okay. It's okay. All right. <laughs> Look, we it's okay struggle. for us to have those different things that we do for our kids. Um, but as long as, like, we're teaching them how to earn money and then how to manage the money that they earn. That's so right. I do that in the way of, like, McKinley will record videos for me or she might help me clean my room. She also makes bracelets um, for kids at school, so she earns her own money. And then we, you know, learned about the Save, Give, Invest from um, Dave Ramsey. There's a book called Smart Money, Smart Kids. If you haven't read it, like, it gives you, like, an age guide. Literally, you can start teaching your kids about money. As soon as they start talking, they can learn about coins. Um, So I think that maybe, like two I guess at the earliest where they know what a coin is and you can actually take the coin and <laughs> use it to get something yes um, I so love that. yeah I think that is important so <laughs> tell me more about mom's money mindset I know you mentioned earlier on that you had this business where you help people with their finances so what does that look like like if somebody was to book a service with you so mom's money mindset stemmed from my Money Makeover Ministries business. So Money Makeover Ministries is the consulting business where people will pay for my services. Um, I noticed that a lot of my clients were moms and they had a lot of questions about managing their money and different things. And so um, after going through that divorce, that's and realizing, you know, we need to help the moms understand money and um, help them build generational wealth. But it first starts in the mind. That's where mom's money mindset came in. And so mom's money mindset is really more of a social area. It's like I have a website, a YouTube, and um, an Instagram where I talk about moms and managing mm-hmm. money. And um, that's where it stems. So mom's money mindset, you wouldn't really pay me for anything for that. Those are like free services. You can look at my blogs and find out some of the books that help me in managing my finances when I started reading different books to help me when I was going through a divorce. Um, You can find my story on how I changed my mindset around money. And then you can find more posts uh, from me, encouraging posts and things like that. So that's really more of a social aspect. Um, It's more free, really. Um, But the Money Makeover Ministries is the, the service. I'm ready to change things. Then you go over to Money Makeover Ministries and say, okay, I'm ready to change how I manage my money. Okay, then you want the financial planning services. Let's let's do that. So that's kind of yeah, where that stems. <laughs> okay. All right, awesome. And so I wanted to ask like if you have like one piece of advice for single moms who are trying to increase their income to maybe pay off debt 
or, you know, build up their emergency fund because maybe they don't even have one, you know, and we know how important it is. Um, I shared on Instagram right after I paid my car off, you know, my window regulator broke. That costed me $757. If I didn't have that in cash, I would have been putting that on my credit card. So it's very important um, that we have an emergency fund in place and even sinking funds. So now I'm working on rebuilding my you know, emergency fund, but also I'm also building um, a car maintenance sinking fund because now that my car is paid off, I know that, you know, some things are going to happen and I don't want to touch my emergency fund for that in the Kim, future. So that is something that I'm working even on, need but me I here. know Girl, that look, we're all here learning. There right? it is. So what advice no, or lady, what is one piece of everything. advice that so you have? Let me, let me just start. I'm going to give you five <laughs> steps um, in the order in in which um, I think would be good for you. So um, first I would recommend have a budget. If you don't have a budget, you need to get a budget in place. And what I mean by a budget is look at your income and look at your expenses. Make sure your income is greater than your expenses. So the money you're bringing in needs to be more than the money you're putting out. If it's not, because when I was going through a divorce, it was not because my cousin was paying a lot of bills for the household. I had to cut expenses. I think I cut like thirteen to seventeen hundred dollars a month of expenses. I, I had to so that I could afford to keep my home and 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 you know take care of my daughter. So have a budget. Wow. Make sure your income is greater than your expenses, ladies, single mommies. Please do not include child support as part of the income in your budget. It is simply extra. And I know you're like, girl, you lost your mind. That money helps. Yes. I Look, I haven't lost my mind, and here's why. That money doesn't always come. <laughs> and it doesn't always come on time. And when you report it to the Office of Attorney General, they wait. So they wait several months before they go after the money. So you might be several months behind in a bill because you were thinking child support was part of that income. Please include child support as just extra. So create your budget. And um, after you've created your budget and you've now gotten your expenses to be less than your income, the next thing, number two, you want to do is begin saving. Now, Kim already touched on this. You've got money for emergencies, and then you've got what I like to call your miscellaneous expenses or, as Kim mentioned, your sinking fund. Those are two separate funds, and this is why. An emergency fund is not for emergencies like, oh, my car broke down or my AC needs to be fixed in the house. Now, I'm guilty. I'm guilty because my sinking fund wasn't enough. But when Kim was mentioning build up your sinking fund, that's what that sinking fund is for. When you have situations that happen that bring you an additional expense that's not part of your, your uh, monthly mm -hmm. expenses, your typical monthly expenses, I would say try to have at least $1,000 in your sinking fund. That's a lot of money, but AC breaking down is a lot of money. That's more than $1,000 um, in your house because I know <laughs> I had to pay it. Um, so I'd say start with $1,000. Well, Tiffany, how do I do that? Well, put some money mm -hmm. now that your income is higher than your expenses because you've made that budget in step one. And step two, put maybe $10 or $20 a month into that sinking fund, okay? 
Next in part of your um, savings plan is having an emergency fund. Now what emergency fund means is I can't work. I'm sick. Something happened where I lost my job. Something happened that caused me to not be able to produce income. Well, that emergency fund is what you can pull so that you can still afford to pay your bills until you're able to work and bring in income. A lot of people suggest three months of your salary. I suggest six months because we are currently in a recession or at least approaching a recession. So I suggest at least six months. My goal was 12 months. That's what I did. But mm -hmm. I suggest at least six months. Um, so step three, now that you um, have begun saving, next now we want to start putting some money towards paying off our debt. Um, the reason why I said save first, because if you don't have money to pay your bills, what does it even matter to pay a debt off? If I've paid off a debt and then now I've lost my job, what good? I'm just going to get right back in debt. So I, I don't worry about trying to cancel out all my debt right away. Like when I got that second job, Kim, I focused on the emergency fund so that I can build that up for emergencies. So step three, pay off debt. Now, there's two yes. ways you can do this. Susie Orman, you know, she recommends the avalanche method. What that means is paying off the debt with the highest interest rate. Why is that important? Because if your debt has a high interest rate, it accumulates more and more debt faster. So she recommends you pay off the debt with the highest interest rate. She calls it the avalanche method. There's a second method called the snowball method. That's the Dave Ramsey recommendation. He recommends paying off debt um, that has the lowest balance. So your smallest debt, pay that off first because he knows that if you pay off the smallest debt first, you'll pay it off faster than you would a bigger debt. And that helps you build momentum to take that money that you now have that extra money because you no longer have that debt. Let's say you're paying $100 a month on that debt. You no longer have that debt. You can take that $100 and pay off the next smallest debt. And it builds momentum like a snowball, you know, that's rolling down a mountain to cancel out all that debt that you have. Either method is fine. I've used both methods. Um, but that would be the next thing is to pay off debt. The fourth step would be to now invest. So you have your budget, your income is now greater than your expenses in step one. Step two, you begin saving for your emergencies and your sinking fund. Step three, you've paid off your debt. And step four is now time to build some generational wealth. And that's what I was saying earlier. Um, it's not just gonna be about your job, making money with your job. You're gonna have to start investing. That's where you look at your 401k, whatever retirement plan. If your company does a match, let's say your company matches 2%, at least invest 2% in your 401k so that you can get that full match from the company. Um, or you might want to invest in an IRA or invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, life insurance, the list goes on. But you want to start thinking about your investment plan. And then lastly, <laughs> mindset, ladies, mindset. It's, it's, even though it's last on the list, it's very important. I feel like it's the most important. In order to do all of these things, <laughs> yes, let's make that step one. 
in order to do everything yeah, you have to do you that first. Do, you have to change your mindset <laughs> yeah. around money, around how you manage your money. Now, a lot of this is very heavy for most people. Don't try to do everything at one time. That's why I put this in steps. Um, give yourself grace so you don't experience burnout, so you don't get stressed and overwhelmed mm -hmm. and frustrated. And, um, you know, remember, in order to get to the top of the ladder, you have to take a first step. Then you take a next step. You can't jump to the top. So, you know, change your mindset, give yourself grace, and start implementing your, your steps. And that's what I would tell the ladies. <laughs> that's okay. My fault. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I know we've went over your time, but <laughs> really appreciate all the knowledge that you have shared here today. Um, let the ladies know really quickly where they can find you. Okay, ladies. So I thank you, Kim, for even having me. I appreciate it. And it's just always a joy to connect with you. So I am on Instagram. You can find me at Moms Money Mindset. Moms with an S, Money Mindset. And um, also, my website is themomsmoneymindset.com. I also have my, like I mentioned earlier, my consulting business, which is moneymakeoverministries.com. And if you go to my IG, I have a link in my bio and it shows all the different connects where you can connect with me. Um, on YouTube, I'm about to post some Vlogmas content. It's going to be like daily uploads of ideas around finances during the holidays. Okay, so yes. look out for that. <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Tiffany. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Tiffany. She definitely dropped a lot of gems and I'm so grateful to be able to connect with people in our community that have experience with building wealth, paying off debt and increasing their income. I think that is just so amazing. If you are interested in creating a plan to earn more, I have written a guide. It is titled A Single Mom's Guide to Earning More. I'll put the link in the show notes. That way you can go and check it out. We would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can DM either one of us. I am on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood. You can email me hello at singleblackmotherhood.com. All right, until the next episode, thank you so much for taking out time to listen. I really appreciate it, and I don't take anybody's time for granted. So thank you, thank you, thank you.